You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the show. Today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is client experience. I am a bit of a client experience nerd. This was something that I never really thought about before starting my business. Like, how do you create an awesome experience for a customer that keeps them coming back and generates word of mouth referrals and all of that? And this is one area of your business where just a little bit of extra thought and intention behind it can go a long way. Creating a standout client experience like we're going to talk about today is one way you can not only differentiate yourself from the competition, but just increase your revenue through, like we said, repeat work, refer and all the things. Today, I'm joined by my lovely French-Canadian friend, Martine Cousineau-Poulois, the owner of Streamline Bar Martine. Martine is also a certified Dubsado specialist and client experience expert. She helps creatives like me, and possibly you listening to this, gain more time and financial freedom with personalized systems coaching and Dubsado setups. Now, if you, like me, also happen to break out in a little bit of a cold sweat when you hear the word workflow or system setup, Don't worry, because Martin is going to break it all down for us step by step in a way that's super easy to understand and more importantly to implement in your business. So let's get into it. Martin, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to chat. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. You're so welcome. I can't wait to talk about all things client experience and systems and all the things, but I want to start with a bit of background on you and your origin story, how you ended up in this field and in Dubsado specifically. So why don't you tell us what were you doing before you started your business and how did you get here? Yeah, so I worked in the corporate world, so in finance for um, over 10 years, and I pretty much just decided to start a business and it was a consulting business at the beginning when I had my second child. So like running around having two kids and everything was just a lot to be in the corporate world. So I started to do consulting, helping people with their back end strategy, organizing their business. And that's when somebody came to me and just asked me how to how we could implement and systemize their processes and everything and implement a CRM. So that's where I went down the road of figuring out what would be the best CRM that is not like super expensive for these consultants, solopreneurs, and et cetera. And that's when I stumbled upon Dubsado and got just totally hooked on Dubsado and learning the ins and outs. I implemented it in my business, in a few of my clients' business. And that's where I discovered that whole back end of you could do that as a business, as setting up Dubsado for other people's and that systems for creatives are not necessarily something that they like or understand. And that 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 could be a business that I can have. And that's pretty much how I created it over two years ago. 
I love it. It's so funny. I remember back when I was in that position, I was looking for a CRM, which for anyone listening and maybe newer and hasn't heard that term before, just a client relationship manager, somewhere to keep all of your client data and information and all that good stuff and manage those relationships. So I was looking for software to help me do that in the early stages of my business. And I remember I came across Dubsado. And at the same time, I came across like people like you, Martine, who are Dubsado specialists. And I was like, this is their whole business that they do this. And then I got into Dubsado and I was like, oh, I can see how that is an entire business because it is, it's complex. Um, it does a lot of amazing things. It's definitely changed my business for the better, but it's a lot. So I'm assuming there was a bit of a learning curve for you as well. Like what were the early days like in getting in there and playing around in Dubsado? Dubsado is a beast to, first of all, like understand there's so many amazing features that you have to decipher and go through and everything. But what it also made me realize is the client experience that you need to figure out, because that's pretty much what you're trying to implement inside of your CRM, is you're trying to build that communication and that relationship with your client of what you're sending. And that's where I realized I need to sit down and I need to figure out what that client experience is going to look like before I even touch my CRM and start implementing things inside. And that was the big realization that I had. And I remember at that day, what I did is I put sticky note post-its on my wall and started to figure out how am I going to serve my clients? What is going to happen each step and everything? And my wall was covered in post-its and trying to figure out my client experience. So that was back in the days of trying to figure out a business. Yeah. And, you know, when we were prepping for this interview and, and talking and everything, you said something really interesting in one of your forums, which is that you have a marketing degree, but you hate marketing yourself. Could you tell us like a little bit about that and what your experience was like marketing in your own business? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I have a marketing degree that I've done over 10 years ago. And even in my corporate world, I was in finance. I wasn't even in marketing. But um, that's what I realized in building your own business. Like you have to put yourself out there and Instagram, you have to create content and stuff like that. And I realized that I'm good in helping others doing their marketing, but marketing myself, I just don't like it. I don't like talking about my story, my things and showcasing. But I know that that's what you have to do for people to connect with you is you have to share your story. You have to share your experience. And maybe that's the portion of marketing that I didn't like when I was in school that made me not follow through and go like work in an agency or something like that. Yeah, I think that's really common. I hear that a lot from people. They're like, I even people who work in marketing like me, like copywriters or content creators, social media managers, they love marketing for their clients and they can do it all day. But when it comes to talking about themselves, they're like, oh my God, it's I would rather <laughs> pull teeth, go to the dentist, exactly. like anything rather than talk about myself and my story. So I'm curious, so you've been in business for a while now, you've built a really successful business. So how have you how have you overcome that barrier or that resistance to marketing? Or have you have you found a workaround? Because I'm sure people would love to know. I don't think there's like really a workaround. I think it's more on getting comfortable with what you want to share. So I've decided that what maybe people would relate to with me was I'm a mom, I have a business, but I also want to take care of my kids, be there for my kids. And I think that that's where I felt comfortable in opening myself to others and um, where I felt that people could relate to me on that fact. So that's 
that's the angle that I'm using, but it is hard. I don't like doing posts. I do them once in a while just because I want to get out of my comfort zone and I do see the response on people. So even though I'm uncomfortable doing it, I see the response in people. I see the people engaging on my Instagram stories or on my email list or et cetera. So I, I see the value and I also see how I'm helping people understand that even if like you have kids, you can run a business. There's a way to do it. Um, and there is that like life balance that you can do. You don't have to work late nights and evenings and weekends and stuff like that to be running a business and having kids. There is a way around. And I think that's, that's why I feel a little bit more comfortable sharing it each day, but I'm not fully comfortable. Um, I wouldn't hop on a story and just like talk about my life and just showcase my thing. I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm not that person usually either. Every so often I'll get in like an energetic mood and be like, here is like a face to cam video of me living my life. And I think I do that probably like three times a year. And then I'm like, oh, that was a lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need a breakdown. But those small glimpses can do a lot. And, you know, I love seeing personally, like when you share about like your family and just the small things, like you don't have to share anything, obviously, over personal for people to build that connection. Just the, the fact that you're a mom running a successful business, like you said, and, and working, you know, not working over rather over the weekends and in evenings, I think is both inspiring to people and also allows them to connect with you. So that said, you know, the idea of not working evenings and weekends and while you're running your business, I want to talk about how systems, automation, subsado, tools like that can help us either reduce the hours we're working or just better uphold those boundaries. Like something that I've come across recently is in the conversation about systems, a lot of times we think about just automating like our client experience, saving time, but they're actually a really powerful tool for building those boundaries that a lot of times you don't have when you're first starting your business and you don't know any better. So what has that been like in your own business? How does that fit in with your clients? Like how can we use systems or a tool like Dubsado to keep those boundaries in place? CRMs can help you structure those boundaries with your clients in the concept of, I remember when I was like in the midst of starting my business, I remember that like you want to implement boundaries, but you don't really know how. And how the CRM helped me is pretty much the concept of keeping your projects on track. So I did this structure inside of my business in the concept of I need content given to me at XYZ days before we start a project, etc. And the CRM is helping me do automatic follow-ups to my clients and just making sure that they're sending all that information to me before the project when I need it and without being, without having to like follow up myself. So waste time on sending those emails or rewriting emails or like, where are you at or et cetera, because those are like precious minutes that you're wasting all the time. And at the same time, when you have to like respect your boundaries, sometimes you feel bad doing it. So you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to follow up today. Probably that they're going to send it tomorrow and then they don't send it tomorrow and et cetera. And then it just rolls and rolls and rolls. So that's how the my CRM, how Dubsado has helped me doing that. And it's the same thing. And I have that with a lot of clients with the follow up on your invoices. Like, is there something that everyone hates is tracking money? Like, sorry, you forgot to pay the invoice. Like, here's the link. Can you pay it? Ah, you still forgot. Can you do it again? So that's like that awkward thing that you don't want to do. And that's one thing that your CRM can do, but also setting up boundaries. So that's just like a little portion of setting up boundaries. 
Yeah, it's so true. No one wants to do that awkward dance back and forth. And you know your client is like, hopefully if they're a good client, they're going to pay it. They just forgot. But it eliminates so much time and just mental space and energy, I think. All those small minutes, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it definitely adds up real quick. So I'm thinking, you know, systems is such a big topic, client experience, all of that. And I think a lot of people are at a point in their business where they know they need to work on this. Either like they're newer and they've never had this in place before, or they're like, I need to update some things. So if people are listening to this and they want to, you know, add more automations, use a CRM tool, like make the most of the tool they're already using, but they're feeling overwhelmed, where do you recommend they start? Like, is there a certain process or system that you recommend like getting set up first? Absolutely. So either you're at the beginning of your business, or as you were saying, you want to elevate it. I think the first step that you really need to do is take your like number one service sit down and write down every step that either you want to do with the client or that you're actually doing right now. So that could be as simple as people go on my website, they fill out an inquiry form or they book a call with me. And then what happens after that? Do you have to respond to an email or do you really already have a system that automatically answers, says that you're going to respond in the next 48 hours, et cetera. And then you do that for your whole process. So, and just ask yourself, what happens next and you go through each one of the steps and that will help you just build a huge framework of what your client experience is going to look like for your number one service and then you can rinse and repeat and do it for all of your services but that's the first step in understanding what you want to happen or what is actually happening step number two is Where do you see bottlenecks? Where do you see that either you're getting annoyed with something or your clients seem to be annoyed with something of, for example, your onboarding process, you're sending three or four emails and clients come back to you and just say like, oh, do you, can you send me the link for this again? Or could, I don't know where to find X, Y, Z. So all these little pinpoints, write them down beside your process. And that's going to help you after that, find solutions on how you can remove those bottlenecks and streamline and elevate your process. So that could be done with any CRM that you're using, or if you don't even have a CRM, the basic of a client experience is what is going to help you structure your business. And after that, put processes in place, add in systems, and then just have that like wowing client experience in the future. But that's really the basic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, of course, like from there, then you would be on the the elevating side. How can we streamline? How can we improve? You know, take this up a notch. But I think a lot of times when people hear systems, they think it's about them getting organized, like on the back end for their sake. And that's true. Like it definitely will, like we said, save you time, take off the mental load, make things easier for you as the business owner. But it is really about the experience that you're creating for clients on the other side of that, because that is going to have a direct impact on your your income, how much you can charge. And I heard a copywriter I really admire in this space say recently, it is actually more about the level of service and the experience you provide than the work you're doing for the client, like the deliverable. It is actually more important. Of course, you don't want to be doing a bad job on the deliverable. Ideally, you'll be delivering on both. But in terms of how much you can charge and what your rates are, that is actually more dependent on the experience you're providing with people. Because think of working with a bad service provider or someone who is disorganized and, and doesn't answer emails right away and you don't know what's going on that is going to completely ruin the experience it doesn't matter how good the the end result or the deliverable is if you have a bad experience so I think that is so important to say as well it's not just about the systems for you it's what experience are you creating 
Absolutely. Like you are going to remember the bad experience that you have, even if your website copy is amazing and bringing in loads of new clients. If you need to update a new page and you had a bad experience with that copywriter, you're not going to hire them again. You're probably going to find somebody else for that. So your client experience is so important and has such an impact on how your client is going to perceive you. And that is each and every communication you have with them needs to be wowing them. And one tip I always give is your email has to be simple, has to have one action, has to give a next step of what's going to happen so your client knows exactly where you are. And you need to have those communications going out because as you were saying, you don't want the client to be like, hey, where's my project at? Hey, what's happening? I don't know what like where you are. Are you going to deliver something? Yeah. So yeah, client experience is so important, even more than the deliverable. Yeah. And I think when it comes to communicating with clients and sending emails, over communication is always better. Like you said, if you need to send more emails and just keep it to like one thing per email, that's okay. No one is ever going to complain that you over communicated when you're providing a service to them. People want to know, people lose things in their inbox. They better be able to find something they're looking for, like Martine said. And even those small things, like, you know, when they sign a contract with you, do they get an automated email that's like, here's your copy? Like, thanks so much. I'm so excited to work with you. Like, here's the PDF of your contract if they pay an invoice so they get a payment confirmation saying like here's your receipt like those small things that we never think of when you're doing it manually you never think of you know have I sent that receipt for that invoice it's just like you're never going to remember to do that and you're never going to be able to do it instantly the way you can when you set up a system exactly and when people are like paying five thousand dollars for something I want to know that like you received the payment. Yeah. I want to know that it was charged. So yes, all of those details absolutely matter. And even I think something that the people don't necessarily put a lot of emphasis on is the offboarding process of, yes. hey, I'm sending the deliverables and here you go. You got your brand, you got your website, you got your copy. Thank you very much. There are so many things you can do after that to continue and build that relationship. And that's part of your client experience that you need to do. And you need to like, you can upsell your services. You can have a referral program. There's so many things that people are just leaving on the table and that continue to build that relationship with the client. And that says that, hey, I want to work with them again. I'm going to think of them when I have a new website page that I want to have written. I want to update my website. I want to do whatever. They are going to think of you. And if you don't do those things, you're missing out on your client experience. So there's the before, there's the during, but there's also the after. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. And I feel like that doesn't get talked about as much is the the offboarding. A lot of people when they think systems, they're like, okay, I'm onboarding someone, I'm sending them the intake form, I'm welcoming them to the project, but what happens after? Like you said, so you mentioned, you know, referrals, upsells, those are all great ideas. Collecting testimonials as well is something that should be, in my opinion, automated because I see so many people as a copywriter, so many clients come to me and, you know, I'm asking them about every step in their sales process, which does not end after the project is over. It's ongoing with your current customers customers. What is happening after the project? How are you collecting feedback? Where are you gathering those testimonials? So is there anything else? Like, what does that look like in detail, the offboarding process? How can we make the most of that? Like how many emails should we be sending? How often should we be following up yep. with people? Like, let's get into the nitty gritty. 
So first of all, so you're sending your deliverables. I usually tend to recommend sending that like feedback survey one or two days after, not at the same time as the deliverable, because what's going to happen? Hey, they're focused on the deliverable and they totally forget about the feedback. And you, you want to give them time to soak in all your, your genius as well. <laughs> exactly. Like you want them to focus on the deliverables and then give a good testimonial. But you can also do a follow-up on that feedback form just to make sure that, hey, maybe they forgot you the first time or happened to me like so many times when I was working with other service providers. Yeah, I have to like fill out the feedback survey. I loved working with them. But then just something happens, you forget. So sending out reminders for those really essential yeah. just to make sure that they are going to fill, fill out that feedback form. But what I started doing and what I do with my clients is also a transformation survey that you can send a few months after. And your copywriter is going to love you for this because... When you're sending it a few weeks or a few days after, you're just getting like the instant what happens when they see the deliverables. But after the transformation is they've implemented the copy, they've implemented the website, they implemented like the social media that you've sent them. What is that transformation? And after that, you can use that inside of your Instagram post. You can use that inside of your copy. So that is something that I've been adding to my clients and that they are getting great results on getting more details about the transformation. After that, yeah, referrals, you can do a referral program or not at all. You can just like offer them a small discount or a freebie or whatever on just getting referrals in, but also upselling your services and making sure that your offboarding process is tailored to the service that you did. So it's not like a one general offboarding process. If you're doing, for example, brand design, well, make sure that your upsell could be the website after. If you're doing a sales page, you can up, up it to a website, like a full website or something like that. So make sure that it's tailored and not like fully generic when you're upselling things. The, after that, it's pretty much just checking emails. Like, how's everything going? Um, do you have any questions? If there's a support period that you're offering, make sure that you're checking in during that support period. Not like, hey, I'm offering 30 days. So 30 days start today and then, oh, 30 days are over. Like make sure that you're checking in. And most of the time, clients are not even going to realize that you're not like typing those check-in emails and stuff like that. Just make sure that it's your brand voice, that they're pretty much personalized to the service that you're offering. And you will be able to catch in questions from your clients and clients are going to feel that you're really supporting them, that it's not just just like that 30 days up in the sky that you're offering. And then there's past client emails that you could be doing. I do some for a year after working with clients. So I do four check-in emails where I'm giving tips and tricks on the service that I've provided. So it's Dubsado tips and tricks that I'm giving them updates that Dubsado has done. So you could be keeping that relationship going with your client over the year. And that has brought me a lot of repeat clients in the past because I stay top of mind yeah. because I'm just popping once in a while inside of their email. So all tips and tricks about offboarding. So good, Martin. So good. So many good ideas. I love the idea of four emails a year. Like it doesn't, you don't need to be in their inbox every week just popping up and saying, hey, I still exist, but just staying top of mind and providing value for people. I think that's probably something a lot of people have never considered is that type of 
long-term offboarding sequence. And the upsells as well, another really underrated way to get more juice from your squeeze with your clients. It's always easier to sell an existing customer and upsells are such a great way to take advantage of that. But like you said, personalize it. That's key. I'll share like what Mm -hmm. I do in my business as well as I share Um, I have a lot of behind the scenes offers that aren't necessarily on my website. So I will send them a PDF that, you know, the designer works out for me. And it's just like a quick couple pages. And it's like, here are custom options for you that are like personalized to whatever I feel they would most benefit from. Don't try to upsell everyone the same thing. Like Martine said, that is a surefire way to just come off a little, little spammy there. If you're just sending everyone the same exact offer, doesn't feel as personal. But yeah, no, so many good tips. Offboarding is definitely an underrated, underrated way to keep selling and keep that relationship going. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk now about, you know, elevating the client experience. Because as we said, these are the things that really, you know, the regular check-ins, all of that, this is what will allow you to charge those higher rates and to justify a premium price tag on your services. Like if someone is paying you, like you said, $5,000, you should be checking in with them. They are a valued customer. So how can we elevate our client experience from just sort of like the average onboarding, offboarding, couple of automated emails here and there. Like what are your tips and tricks for like from beginning to end, taking that client experience to the next level and really being a premium service provider? Absolutely. So I usually tend to explain a full client experience into different phases. So for the inquiry process, which is people just going on your website, filling out until you hop on your discovery call, that's what we call the inquiry phase. One of the things that's really important where you can elevate is really nurturing your client. So it's not just about like booking the call on your website and then just waiting until they hop on the call. So you can do like quick, easy emails on, you can showcase a little bit more about your process, what it looks like to work with you. If you have any case studies. So when they hop on the call, they're pretty much really, really warm leads. And it's not, you're not even doing a sales call anymore. Like that discovery call is really a free, no obligation call where you're just answering their questions and talking to them and having that discussion about your services because they've gotten so much information from you. And just doing bits and pieces will help you just feel more comfortable and not feeling like you have to like sell and push and stuff like that. They're already pretty much converted. So that's one thing to help elevate your inquiry process. About the booking process, which is pretty much where we send a proposal, a contract, an invoice, and we're booking the people in, it's pretty much those follow-up emails on your proposal. So some people just don't do any follow-ups on the proposal, which I highly recommend you do some sort of follow-ups. And just giving more information about either your process or it could be all about any objections that you've had in the past where you're like removing those objections through the emails, just doing it in a easy, non-salesy way. But that will help elevate your client experience um, for others. And as you were saying, the confirmation on your payments and stuff like that, that is another way to elevate the experience just because when they pay that much money, make sure that you're sending something just to tell them that they got, uh, that you got their payment. So that's for the booking portion. Onboarding, the easiest way to elevate is not bombarding them with five to 10 emails when they get onboarded. Make sure that that is something that is very, very streamlined. And the tip that I was giving before on the concept of make it easy. 
one action, one thing that they have to do. They have a timeline on what they have to do and there are next steps. So I'll give an example for this. If they need to schedule a kickoff call and let's say they need to fill out an onboarding questionnaire, which is like usually pretty standard for all business, make sure that they're booking the call on a first email that you have information on when this call is supposed to happen. Let's say it has to happen in the next two weeks. Next step, once you've booked the call, I'll send an onboarding questionnaire. And you can flip those over and do the onboarding questionnaire before the kickoff call, but make it super easy. Make it exciting for them that like, hey, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm really happy to work with you. Easy step, let's get your project on track. And there's one step that they have to do. So that's the easiest way because I've seen so many service providers sending a link to a client portal, sending a link to a Notion's document, sending a PDF, a welcome guide, et cetera. (laughs) It's like your 10 things. Yeah, exactly. It is so overwhelming for a client. I've had it um, in the past when I was working with other service providers and it is really overwhelming and you just lose half of the things. And that's when the project just derails because the client doesn't know what to do. So that's the easiest way to elevate your process. After that, when you're like in that project portion, the check-ins, the like either weekly check-ins, depending on how your project is done, just make sure that you at least have a weekly check-in or a like bi-weekly check-in or something like that, just to update them on what's happening. And you can easily customize those emails, even if they're automated with adding Dubsado has like to-dos. I'm not going to go into the details of what those are, but just being able to customize those emails will make your client feel heard and they'll be able to like just get an update of what's happening and not being able to have to reach out to you to get that. That will elevate the client experience and make them feel so valued and that they're like not a number inside of your process that you're working on them and that you're focusing on their project. And then finally, the offboarding. I think I gave all the tips before that, but that's the easiest way to offboard is just do a feedback questionnaire, follow up on those and just make sure that you check in with them to make sure that They like what they're doing and also support periods check in. That helps to elevate everything. Yeah, the open communication, especially during onboarding, I want to focus on onboarding for a second because from a sales perspective, that time between when a client signs a contract and the project itself starts, that is the time people are most likely to feel either buyer's remorse or hesitation. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they regret their decision. Well, hopefully, you know, your your goal is to make sure they don't regret (laughs) it, right? You want to give them a great experience when someone just pays, like we said, they pay their invoice, they sign the contract, and then they don't hear anything from you. That gives that time time for that remorse to set in and they're like oh my god I just spent this much money like is this the right investment they're a little nervous and unsure so your job during the time is to like Martine said like just take them by the hand walk them through it step by step without overwhelming them and also just deliver a great experience like do are you going to send them like a welcome gift is there a way you can kind of surprise them with something a little bit unexpected and, and fun and exciting which is actually brings me to another question which is we talked about how to elevate the client experience those are all great tips for providing like a premium level of service how can we take that up a notch even further and use our client experience to really differentiate ourselves from other businesses well as you were saying yes you can like send in gifts or things like that Some things that I've seen in the past and I know that like clients really appreciate is if they have to fill out like a long onboarding questionnaire, like that fun, like little $10, $15 Starbucks card just for them to just grab a drink as they're filling it out. That's something that is just 
a thoughtful thing that they're like, oh, well, it really matters to them and I can sit down and focus on their project. So that elevates it a little bit more. But there's also like those like handwritten notes that you can send. You can even like just send a card. Like you, if you don't want to like spend any money because you're starting out your business and like sending a gift is um, just too much money or something like that. Just a handwritten card. Like I got a handwritten card from somebody I did a VIP day with and I love the card like it was personal it was about the project that we were going to do and I appreciated that more than a full-blown gift that like cost them a lot of money because I felt that I was not a number I felt that my my purchase was valued and the time that we're going to spend together was valued and that the project she was going to work on for me was important to her and she had showcased that in the card so those simple things make a difference to your client and elevate it even more and makes a difference. And see, that's something that I remember. And I continuously talk about that person. If you need help on XYZ, go see this person because of the experience I had. And I remember it. The cards is on my desk right now. So those are things that people are going to remember. And if if somebody comes to them and says, I need help with website copy, well, absolutely, I will give you the name of that person, etc. because yeah. they stay top of mind. Yeah, it's that personal touch that makes the difference. It's not the amount of money. It's not what you're sending them. It's how personal it is to them. It shows you really care. You really listened. If you've already got their intake form or you've had like a project kickoff call, that's a great place to sort of mind like, what do they really love outside of business? I always ask my clients on their, their intake form before a VIP week or we start working together, I ask them, what is a dream day look like for you? Like imagine you have the day off from all responsibilities and all work. Like, what are you doing? What do you like to do in your free time like what are some things you love and then that allows you to send something that's not just like a generic gift basket or like one of those gift boxes which is it's nice you know of course like any type of gift is lovely but if you can choose something that is personal to them even a card like you said can go a long way I have a client of mine who loves Dolly Parton she's southern and she's just a big Dolly fan and so like for her birthday like she's getting a Dolly Parton card you know like the small things that show like you are listening to them you actually have taken the time to get to know them and understand them that goes a long way Exactly. And yeah, just asking that inside of an intake form is a great way just to and it could be as simple as like, what's your favorite place to get a coffee? Like it doesn't have to be super complicated as you were saying. It could be super simple and the person is going to love it. Yeah. And I will add something. I wish someone had told me on day one of my business when you start working with clients is always ask their birthday because you're going to regret it later. Get their address like when they sign the contract, but get their birthday on your intake forms that you know and you don't have to like go do some detective work and try to find it later. Absolutely. Yeah. Great tip. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, the thing about gift giving is I love the idea of a Starbucks card, like you said, for the intake form. I personally do a Starbucks card in the, the inquiry and like sales process. Like you said, sending nurture emails in that phase is really key too. I send like five or six emails, including call reminders before getting on a sales call with someone um, for that reason. It's such a good tip. It's something I wish I had started much earlier in my business. So if anyone listening has, you know, if you're wondering where to start, start there with the nurture emails before your sales call, your conversion rates will thank you. But yeah, I sent a Starbucks card there. And then I think, you know, after you've gotten to know them, like obviously you don't know someone before the initial sales call, before they fill out that form. But after that point, that's when you can provide a more personalized experience. So I think, you know, coffee gift cards, Starbucks cards, great in the beginning, but once you get to know them, really make an effort to personalize it as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So many good tips, Martine. I could talk to you all day about client experience. This is so much fun, but we're going to start to wrap things up with our savor and celebrate bonus round. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. What is something that you're savoring right now? Well, I took a step back inside of my business over the last few months to spend more time with my kids, um, still doing work and everything, but just really like choosing and picking the projects that I want to work with. And that is something that I'm really, really enjoying. I've worked and I was feeling um, that I was maybe on the verge of like a burnout and stuff like that. So I'm really savoring the capacity of being able to just stop, slow down and enjoy. And that makes me enjoy my projects even more. The ones that I work with, I'm really like fully devoted to them. And that's something that I'm really like savoring right now on the slower time. Even if right now is like the busy, crazy season for me, I'm really enjoying the step back. I love that. I've heard from so many people this year. I don't know what it is. It seems like a lot of people either hit that point in their business where they were, you know, reaching burnout on the verge of burnout and they just took a step back and slowed down. And I love hearing from people like you that are in that season or on the other side of it. I did that in my own business. I slowed down over the summer, took a very intentional step back and kind of paused a lot on like the growth. And it was so so nice and I can just you know I can see you smiling I can hear it in your voice like how good this is for you and I just I love hearing it so it's awesome okay second question what is your favorite way to celebrate usually it is with sushi and a glass of bubbly glass of champagne and just enjoying the night with my husband putting the kids to bed and that's the best way that we usually celebrate either a big month a super fun project that I've decided to work on so it doesn't have to be like oh I did a 5k 10k or 20k months for us to celebrate it can be um, a client that I've always wanted to with a podcast that I wanted to talk on it could be anything it doesn't have to be like that very super specific of hitting a milestone or a goal or something that's how we we celebrate we celebrate the small things we celebrate the big things but it's usually sushi and bubbly or champagne depending on the occasion that is so lovely. We're all about celebrating the big and small wins here. So I love that. Okay, last question. What's a win that you've celebrated recently in your life or business? I think it's more on the personal side of just me being able to take that step back was something that we celebrated because I've been working so hard and being a mom of three, juggling so much, just that concept of being able to say, hey, I need to step back was something that we celebrated and that I'm really happy that that we did and that we took that time to enjoy ourselves away from business and stuff like that. I love that, Martine. Will you please tell everyone where they can connect with you, work with you, all the things? Awesome. Yeah. So you can connect with me on Instagram uh, at Streamlined by Matsin. And you can also go to my website, streamlinedbymatsin.com. And there are a few ways I can support you. I could either help you with setting up your full Dubsado. Um, I've got like different offers on fully done for you services, but also done with you services where I can help you DIY your Dubsado um, with access to me and one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
But also if you're just like in the beginning of your business or you, you're not even using a CRM or not even using Dumsado, I also have a client experience intensive where we just spend 90 minutes together to deep dive into your client experience, talk about everything that you'd like to achieve with your client experience or how we can enhance or how we can streamline it. It's really an open call of 90 minutes on client experience. What do you need? Ask all your questions and we can work together on that. And if you're in just Dubsado and DIYing, I also have a shop courses. Um, so just go check out my website and my DMs are absolutely always open. If you have any questions about systems, about automation, about Dubsado, everything is open and I'm happy to answer your questions. Martine, thank you so much. I'll make sure all the info's in the show notes for people so they can go and connect with you and work with you and find all the links. So thank you so much for this conversation. Hey, Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.